morning, church. Welcome. Don't get so excited, guys. <laughs> Good morning. Let's begin our time together as we, as is our custom, reading God's word out loud to each other. If you stand to your feet, we're going to read from Psalm 48, verse 9 through 11. Uh, we're going to read this out loud to each other to encourage each other with these words. Let's, let's, let's read together. God, within your temple, we contemplate your faithful love. Like your name, God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with justice. Mount Zion is glad. Judah's villages rejoice because of your judgments. You may see seated. Let's listen to the choir sing.
do you believe he is good? All the time. Would you stand on your feet?
breaks the power? Who breaks the power? Next song. Of sin and darkness. The King of Glory.
singing. Keep singing. Amen. Grab a seat. Well, good morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name's Alan, and what a joy it is to join with you all in worship today. Thank you so much for being here today. If you're a guest with us here today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. Whether you're here in person or online, welcome. We would love to get to know you, and one way we can do that is through a Connect card. A Connect card should be located on the back of the seat in front of you. If you would pull that out and fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, if you would exit through these back central doors and turn left, you'll see our next steps desk. There you can turn that Connect card into someone who'd be happy to meet you, answer any questions that you may have, and also give you a free gift. So welcome guests. We're so glad that you are here today. Well, we are only two weeks away from our annual Trunk or Treat event that will be located here on October 30th. This is a great opportunity to share the love of Christ with our neighbors, so please feel free to invite friends and neighbors to come. It'll be from 4 to 6 p.m. on October 30th, and if you could come and sign up your car to be decorated, to hand out candy in, you can bring your car, your van, your truck, or if you just want to donate candy, any of that would be super helpful. So it'll be October 30th. If you are a member here today and you have not gotten your deacon and lay pastor nomination form, would you please raise your hand and we'll have Mike pass any forms around if, if those are needed. We would love for these to be filled out and turned in at the end of service today. So that's very important. That is our deacon and lay pastor nomination form. Please fill that out by the end of service today. Thank you so much. As those are being passed out, we're going to transition now to our moment of prayer together. And as we do, I invite us all to just prepare our hearts for our act of worship later in the service through our giving of offerings and gifts. All right, let's pray together. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Lord, we give you thanks for your amazing grace that we can't even comprehend. You have been so kind to us, and we sing and we praise you for the love that you've shown toward us that we do not deserve at all, but you've given so freely to us. Thank you, Father. And Lord, today we lift up to you our church's core value of meaningful membership. Thank you, God, for the beautiful design of your local church, that we don't have to go through the challenges of life to, on our own, but you've given us each other that we can go through the highs and lows of life together. And here at Hebrew Baptist Church, you have brought together so many amazing people with unique giftings and hobbies and skills, and you knit us together like a puzzle, you put us together with all these different pieces so that we can do your work together, so that as a family we can share the love of Christ with each other and with the world around us. Thank you, God, for meaningful membership. Lord, we pray not only this morning for ourselves, but we lift it to the, the local body that's worshiping you today in Rotten, England, just outside of London. This church led by Pastor Carl Porter, we thank you for this church planner, evangelist, and IMB associate. Lord, I thank you for Carl, for his passion to share your gospel with others. I thank you for all the people that he's actively sharing your good news with and building relationships with. And not only, only that, but then also discipling people who have said yes to you, Jesus, that they may look more and more like you, Jesus. And I ask that you would bear fruit through Carl's work and that we would be encouraged, that we would look more and more like Carl. Please bless the work of Carl Porter and bless those worshiping you today in rotten England. Father, our hearts continue to break and go out to you for the Reinhardt family. 
we lift up to you Carol and their family as Chuck Reinhardt went to be with you this past week. We thank you for Chuck's life. We thank you for the hope that we have in Christ, for your amazing grace that for all who would trust in you, that there is eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the resurrection. We do pray that you would be with us as we mourn the loss of Chuck and continue to be with Carol and the family now. And Lord, we lift up to you the outreach of Trunk or Treat coming up in two weeks. We pray that your spirit would be all over this. We surrender this event to you and ask that you would draw many to come, that they would learn of your amazing grace and perhaps be plugged into this church family. Finally, Lord, we come to you in a moment of confession. Lord, we confess that we have committed sins against you. Please forgive us for the selfishness that we've had this past week, for the unhealthy habits that we've had, for the times that we've put ourselves in front of others. And thank you, Jesus, that, that you never did those things. You never sinned, but your life was perfect. You came to this world, you lived on the very sod that we walk on, but you never sinned, and you died in our place so that we could be forgiven and healed. So, Lord, we ask that you would cleanse us by your blood now and that we would trust in you and experience life. Thank you for all you've done for us and who you are. We continue to worship you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? And let's continue to sing and rehearse that gospel story to one another. soul to save my lips. 
shall still repeat. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. And we are indeed here to lift up his name and to sit at Jesus' feet and to learn from him. So as we sing this next song, let's make this our prayer that the cross would be before us and the work of Christ would be on our minds. Yeah. 
Pastor Sean, thank you for being here as we worship Christ together. Turn in your copy of God's Word or in your device to uh, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27. And if you want to follow along in the Bible, Pew Bible that's in front of you, it's page 863, I think. <laughs> you can correct me. It's, it's one page off, I think it's, it might be, but I can't read my writing. I wrote it and I can't read it. So, uh, first of all, I just wanted to say, so let me just back up a couple things. As you can tell, Mark and me, we both, uh, sickness has hit our households this week. And uh, so, uh, I am, you know, if this was a NFL report, I'd be like limited practice maybe today. Uh, and uh, so just to warn you that if something really good that I say, that's because I'm filled with the Spirit but if it's bad, it's because I'm under the influence of cold medicine. So uh, just be, be you know, uh, uh, generous with your graciousness this morning. Uh, and I was sitting over there, and I'm trying to save my voice because it's been a busy weekend this weekend. And uh, everybody keeps reminding me, save your voice, save your voice. And uh, I 
couldn't help but singing. The music was just so awesome today, and I just, I want to stop, and then I remind myself, stop singing, and then I couldn't stop singing, and then I, then I started to sing loud, and so uh, I might have, uh, so the last five minutes of the sermon might be inaudible, so uh, we'll see, uh, but uh, just wonderful, thank you, Mark, for your leading of the worship, and for the praise band, and praise team, and the choir, and everyone, and I just love it because every week I feel like we show up and there's a new instrument. There's just something else uh, added, and uh, next week is the accordion, I hear, and uh, I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Glad five of you thought that was funny. Okay, so we are finishing up chapters eight and nine. Uh, we went through the miracles of, uh, of Jesus that are recorded here in the scriptures, and as we we have learned what the miracles are teaching us. It's beyond, it's beyond just the miracle itself, but it is the miracle is pointing us to a greater truth. And as we close up, I think it's very clear that these miracles are pointing us to the mission of Christ. And today we're going to look at the miracle of the harvest and how God is calling us to be a worker there. And so beginning in verse 27... We're going to read uh, to verse 38. So, verse 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men approached him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I can do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, Let it be done for you according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Then Jesus warned them sternly, be sure that no one finds out. But they went out and spread the news about him throughout the whole area, just as they were going out. A demon-possessed man who were unable to speak was brought to him. When the demon had been driven out, the man who had been, uh, who'd been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed, saying, nothing like this has ever been done in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he drives out demons by the ruler of the demons. Jesus continued going around all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And he saw the crowds. He felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out more workers into his harvest. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you this morning, uh, as we come to your word, that we know it is perfect in content. We know that it is no error. And we know that it is the spirit of truth that speaks to our heart and changes our lives. So God, we expect nothing less this morning when we come to your word. We want to be changed. And may we, in reading it, learn more about you. But God, may we also be more obedient to it. In Jesus' name, amen. How might you have many people show up to help you do something? What would be, you say, the most crowd you could draw I would say that if the request was hey please come and help me eat all this food 
I mean, that we would have a large crowd show up to say, hey, let me come help you eat this food, right? Uh, you might have a little bit less than if you have maybe a need or something that you need to get done. You'll probably have a, a, maybe a lot less or a little less that says, hey, I need to be helped move. Can you help me come pack this truck? And you'll have some people come help you, but probably a lot less than the people who came to eat your food. And then, then maybe a little bit less, you say, well, I've got some yard work to be done. It'll probably be a lot less to come do that. And then, and then if you say, okay, I need help in the middle of the night to do something, then you probably, I mean, that's just like your closest friends, right, if you need something like that. Well, I wonder if the same question was asked to us as Christians what is our activity or what would we be the most drawn to do to help as Christians well you know if maybe there's a need to be met right there's uh, we know that someone needs some food we, you know, we can hey we need somebody that's sick or somebody that has had a baby we can get a lot of people to show up maybe to do that or we can say well uh, we have a physical need we need to restore a, a, a ramp for someone because it's got rotted and they need access to their house we can maybe get a lot of people to do something like that and we and and we think of a, a lot of different things but let's be honest as Christians we can get a lot of people to show up for worship right but a lot less if we said hey come let's pray and then we'd have a whole lot less show up when we say, hey, let's go share the gospel. Why do you think that is? Why do we know that the last words of Jesus are lasting words? That he said, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of Jesus. This purpose statement that he gave to his followers the purpose statement that really the church is built on we as baptists that's who we are right we're people of the word and people who go on mission we spend billions of dollars of years to send people to tell others about jesus we say and speak that this is a priority but let me just ask you this morning where does being a part of sharing the gospel rank in your area of priorities where does it fall for you well it makes me think of a time in Israel's history when they were returning from exile and God had done a miraculous amount of events to return them back to the city and <clears throat> what was the first thing that they did <clears throat> Was it to uh, have a prayer meeting? Was it to remember the mission of God to the nations? <clears throat> Was it to be a part of that restoration of the nation of God to him? No, what did they start to do? They went to home improvement projects. They start to put up paneling in their houses. And what, what did God say to them? How can you restore your house when God's house is in ruins? They had forgotten the mission of God. They had gotten their priorities out of order. 
And when we read through Matthew chapter 8 and 9, we are overwhelmed by the miracles of Jesus. We can't help but be astonished at the work of the Messiah, the one who is the true king, one who is the son of God, the one who, who raised people to life and, and calmed the seas. All these things are something in amazement. But as we look and watch the story of chapters 8 and 9, we see that it is Jesus restoring the kingdom. It is Jesus declaring to one and all that he has come to seek and save the lost, that he is a good teacher showing and teaching the gospel, but in the same way in power, revealing that the kingdom has come. And also he's training up his disciples to continue this mission when he leaves. He's planting those seeds all along. I've come to seek and save the lost. Join me on this mission and continue to do it after I leave. This is the mission. He says here, the harvest is plentiful. Pray to the Lord of the harvest because the workers are few. Friends, Jesus is pleading to God the Father to send more workers for the harvest. That should move our hearts to say, I want to be a part of of answering Jesus' prayer. I want to be a part of worker in the harvest. Now listen, I don't think I've talked to any Christian who's been proud of their lack of evangelism. I don't see anyone going around happy about it, excited about it, but we do know that often that we know that we are exclusive about the gospel, but often we're universalists in practice. That we don't share the good news. We don't talk about the good news. And we don't talk about Jesus. But what we all want to do more, we could all say, we want to be used by God. We want to be used by God to see people to come to him. So how can we move our hearts from desire to doing? How can we want to join in the harvest. What can we do? Well, if we look at these verses where Jesus kind of concludes his miracles, we can see there's three ways the Lord helps us joining him on mission in the harvest. So if you're taking notes on your bulletin or in your phone, number one, be troubled at the size of the crowd not following Jesus. Be troubled at the size of the crowd not following Jesus. As Jesus went to the land healing people, you see his heart distressed for all those who were far from him. You know, as we're walking through chapters 8 and 9, we see this sort of crescendo, especially here at the end of chapter 9. We see this, this quick, uh, almost overwhelming nature as Jesus started to heal and preach that more and more people were coming to him. And as they were, then Jesus were overwhelmed by the amount of people who were far from God. As we're walking through chapters 8 and 9, after he comes back on the boat to Capernaum, 
right in succession. He heals the paralytic man. He eats with sinners and calls Matthew. It says immediately he goes on from there. He heals the bleeding woman. Immediately he goes on the way, really literally on the way to raising a girl from the dead. And then it continues. It says, as Jesus went on from there, Matthew 9, 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. Jesus hasn't gone very far, and he has someone crying out, Heal me, Lord. And then immediately, right after that, Matthew chapter 9, verse 32, just as they were going out, <clears throat> a demon-possessed man who was able to speak was brought to him. You know, as it just seemed to continue the ministry, more and more people were pushing and pressing in. Jesus was fulfilling his mission, bringing the kingdom, teaching through authority, healing with power, revealing that he is the true Messiah, the one that must, all must have faith in to be saved. But Jesus saw the great need. In Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 36 Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. In verse 36, when he saw the crowds. When he saw the crowds. When Jesus saw the magnitude of the people who were far from God, it moved him to compassion. Brother, sister, if we want to have a heart that is urgent in evangelism, if we want to join and be one of the workers in the harvest, if we're unsettled at where we are and being a part of God's plan, then we should first look to the scads, the amounts of people far from God around us. That we should ask God to reveal to us all the more of the people around us who are lost and far from him the latest statistics from imb is there's 7,325 people groups that are without access to the gospel that is 4.7 billion that's a b billion people without christ that america itself is the fifth largest global mission field that by itself, if we just took the lost people in North America, that, that it is the fifth largest mission field. We, we would have probably put it where? In our own mind. 25th, 30th, last, right? There's a church on every corner in the South. How could that be? Because people are rejecting Christ. They're not near the Lord, and they don't have faithful Christians coming to them. America is the only continent where Christianity is declining. Every other continent, the Lord is doing a work and the gospel is exploding among people, but not in North America. And here in Boone County, there are 68% unchurched. That means there are 92,458 people within driving distance of you without Jesus. Friends, that should hurt our hearts. That should drive us to the need 
This should not, how could this not pull us to a place to see that we need to be a part of the harvest? And if it doesn't, first we need to repent. And secondly, we need to ask God to pray for it to hurt our hearts. God, make my heart like Jesus' heart. Jesus saw the crowds and had compassion. If we don't see the crowds and not have compassion, we need to ask God, the God of heaven and earth, to come and change our hearts. When you drive to church here in the morning and you see the people still parked in the driveway or still the people at the, at the ball fields or the people who are, who are far away from God, if that does not hurt your heart, brother, sister, go to your knees and pray and ask God to give you a heart like Jesus. When we think of those numbers and we can overwhelm us, what are we going to do about that? That's all. You know, we're going to send some more missionaries and we get kind of get overwhelmed and sometimes those numbers put us into paralysis paralysis by analysis we don't want to do anything about that because we don't know we can't do anything well brother and sister instead of thinking of the large number start with one number that one person near you one person on your sports team or one person next to your locker that person in your quilt club or that person in your card group or that person that's your neighbor or what about your son or daughter the number of people that are far from God should motivate us to be part of the workers on mission for God but the numbers don't drive you number two be burdened for the needs of those not following Jesus be burdened for the needs of those not following Jesus. We see that Jesus saw the needs of those around them to use them to bring them to faith in him. You see, we saw this in verse, in chapter 8. First, there's blind men. He met the need. Then, in, then he drove out the mute who had a demon. All through chapters 8 and 9, we see Jesus meeting the needs of people to reveal faith, to reveal the gospel, to reveal himself, but he saw their needs and met them. He didn't just say, okay, trust in me, and I hope things work out with your paralysis. He didn't say, trust in me, the Messiah has come, I hope things work out with your blindness. No, he met their needs where they are. Thank you. He saw the needs and cared for the people around him. And what happened to his heart? The Greek word, splankomitsomai, the verb there was, once he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. It literally means to feel the visceral or to feel in the bowels or the entrails, if you will. That you feel it physically in your gut that Jesus was sad to a physical nature. Many of us have used the phrase, she broke my heart. 
maybe even said, I hate that person with all my guts. Hopefully you didn't say that. But we have very emotional feelings that sometimes and oftentimes drive us into a physical state. This week, I was part of a group that had to make a very difficult decision. It was the right decision. It was the biblical decision. It was the important decision. And we made the decision. And yet, afterwards, I felt the gravity of it. The sadness of sin. The impact of sin. For five minutes, I felt it in my guts. The same way that we feel things, we should feel in our guts for the needs of those around us. We should see the needs of those in the crowd around us, just as Jesus did. Verse 36, Jesus said that he had compassion because they were distressed and dejected. It's literally they were harassed and helpless. They were distressed or harassed because physically, because they were, surely they were poor and sick and hungry, but spiritually. This is also an indictment of the harassment that was received by the religious leaders. They had been treating them harshly. In the words of Ezekiel, with force and harshness, with the words of Jesus, he, they tied up heavy burdens and laid on the people's shoulders. In all this, Jesus looked around and saw the need of the crowd, but the spiritual need of those around them. But Jesus also saw they were helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. Sheep are some of the most helpless and foolish of all domesticated animals. If you make a loud noise around a bunch of sheep, they'll, they'll scatter. They just don't, they don't understand what it means to face danger. And what, the dumbest thing a sheep can do can actually be to run to a pack of wolves. And Jesus saw the crowd <clears throat> and said, Oh, they're like a sheep without a shepherd. Brother and sister, let me ask you this morning. How often do you look at the needs of those around you? How often do you see and have compassion for them? The deep sadness of their spiritual state. The deep sadness for their physical state. This is why Jesus healed the blind man. This is why he drove out de demons. He had a, is on mission. This is part of his mission to seek and save the lost. Psalm 146, 7 to 8 executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are oppressed. The Lord loves the righteous. So if you want to be a part of the worker, on the mission field, what is the what drives you? What can help get you there? What, what is the thing that, that should change viscerally in your bowels what should change to get you there is compassion Christian mission starts with compassion the compassion of Christ seen and hopefully felt here so brother or sister to be a worker of the field you need to have compassion look at those around you and see their brokenness brother or sister I know that you've seen that lately you've looked in the lives of people around you 
and you've seen the destruction of things that are happening. You know someone who is in need. You know someone who not only needs physical help, but there is a hole in their life and a hole in their heart because they don't have Jesus. And often we overlook the need and run right to Jesus. And I encourage you, brother or sister, that it is part of sharing the gospel is seeing the need around you and addressing the needs in people's life. And sometimes evangelism is you only have one second because you'll never see this person again. But there's also people in your life that you need to build relationship with. And by doing that, that's by fulfilling needs so that you can help open the heart to Jesus so that they know that you're not just an evangelism notch on your belt, but someone you care for and you love them and want to help them. There was a time that Sarah and I were at a restaurant and we often asked to pray for the waitress or waiter, whoever this is, and say, how can I pray for you? We do that in earnest that we will pray for them when we bless our meal but oftentimes we know that it will just be a conversation starter and you never know what happens later and and this person this uh, lady this girl one time we found out that she was pregnant and we started talking about that she said I don't know how I'm going to do this you know I'm going to you know I'm a waitress and I don't know how this is all going to work out and and we had just had Franklin at the time, and, and so we knew what, you know, the cost of diapers were going to be, and we were like, you need to go to Sam's, that's the best place to go, and they said, well, I don't have a membership to Sam's, so Sarah just, we were walking out, and we just said, you know what, let's just go get that girl a membership to Sam's, and that's what we did. We went, got a gift card, said, hey, use this for a gift membership to Sam's, hopefully this will help you, and it allowed us to share the gospel with Brother and sister, the world is broken. And at the very hole of the center of everything they need is Jesus. And brother and sister, you need to ask God to give you compassion for the needs of others. To see both what they need, but also the biggest need, their lostness. And that should drive you to be one who shares the gospel. You're the one that God has sovereignly placed near them to share the gospel. And as your heart grows for them, you'll be bolder to share that gospel. As you're serving them, you're going to want to share the gospel. As you're doing and asking God to change your heart, you're going to be part of the mission field. But you need to be reminded that you are the only, by God's sovereign plan, you are the Christian that God placed near them that they might hear Jesus. Mark Dever observed, we have to realize and admit how we've been dodging our duty and adjust ourselves to accept responsibility for evangelism. We might be the closest Christians to a particular unbeliever. Maybe he has a Christian uncle or aunt, friend, or employee who has been praying for him. And maybe we are the answer to those prayers. We must accept. We may accept. We may get to accept the wonderful role that God has for us as evangelists in others' lives. Brothers and sisters, see the needs 
of those around you and give them Jesus. Then, number three, pray for God to send you and others to them. Pray for God to send you and others to them. Jesus prayed for God to bring more workers to the harvest that they might hear the gospel and be saved. Friends, Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prays for you, intercessing all the time. But Jesus prayed for you to join the mission. And Jesus is sending you on mission. Why can we go? Why would do that? Because Jesus has given us his authority. We're not going out on our own, but because Christ has given us his authority. He's given us the keys to the kingdom. He's given us the gospel, knowing that as we are faithful, that God is mighty to save. Right at the, the next chapter, Jesus sends out people with his authority. Matthew chapter 10, 2 says, Summoning the twelve disciples, he gave them his authority over unclean spirits to drive them out and heal up every disease and sickness. And then Jesus' last words that are lasting words, he says, here is all my authority to you. Matthew 28, Jesus said to those, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, when I was a, in elementary school, I got to be the bus safety person. I don't know if you've ever, I mean, in elementary school, there is not a higher position you can be in. You get that vinyl orange thing strapped around you and the plastic badge. You are now there for the safety of all those around you. You're there to help them on the bus, to keep them quiet for the bus driver. Man, when I was walking the halls of elementary school, for the good of my friends, slow down. That's not safe. When they were throwing things in the lunchroom, I'd whip that thing out. Hey, somebody's eye could be taken out here. Now, why could I do that? Because I knew I had the authority of the principal of the school to make it safe. Brother, sister, there is no greater authority than Jesus Christ. All of his authority is heaven and earth has been given to him and he passes it to us to go in his name, healing, teaching, baptizing, and he gives it to us. We go not in our own ability or in our own name or even in the name of this church. We go in the name of Jesus. And he has given it to us to spread the good news. He came to fulfill the scriptures, to die on the cross, three days later to come out of the grave and say that all who have faith in his name will be forgiven and saved forever. And that message 
we get to share. Brother and sister, I hope that you will answer Christ's prayer to be part of the mission. But I encourage you to do so not to make me happy or not to overwhelming sense of guilt but to, or any sense of legalism. But I pray that you would preach the gospel to yourself and that you would be reminded of all that you have been forgiven. That the depths of your sin and what God raised you out of and to know that you have a glorious future in heaven because of all of that, in his authority you go in his name. That you pray that God would change your heart. That you would follow example of Christ to pray every day regularly for workers in the harvest. And let me tell you, if you are praying for that, guess what? You're going to move to it. If you pray for more workers, then you're going to, yourself and your soul and your heart is going to want to join Christ there. So do it for obedience. Do it for the glory of God. Do it for the thanksgiving of salvation, but do it if your heart's not there. Pray and ask God to change your heart. Maybe right now you're regretting an opportunity you didn't take. Maybe you're wishing, I, Pastor, I'm just sitting here and this person that I know I should have shared the gospel with, I, I failed. Brother and sister, take heart. You know, there's other people that we know that got second chances. Do you remember a guy named Jonah who was supposed to go to a Nineveh, a place that didn't deserve the grace of God, and he fled, he was swallowed by a fish, he ran, and the fish spits him out? And what does God do to Jonah? Does he fuss at him, scold him? No. Jonah chapter 3. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the message I tell you. Jonah got up, went to Nineveh according to the Lord's commands. And we know the end of the story, they all repented. God gave Jonah the same charge, which is God gives Jonah a second chance. Now surely, I'm not the only evangelist in this room that needs a second chance. Surely I'm not the only one who needs to go to a friend or family member or neighbor or co-worker with Jesus. Let's be reminded that God is gracious, that sometimes he gives us a second chance, a time we need to pass before, time may need to pass before we have the second chance. We may need to rebuild relationship. Maybe we need to serve them. Maybe we need to be part of that sphere of influence again. But we know that God is a God of second chances and we should look for second chances in evangelistic conversations and we should pray for them. And don't let past evangelistic failures keep you out of the game. So brother or sister, may we be convinced and committed to know that Jesus prayed for more workers in the harvest. And we 
are the answers to that prayer. That we are the ones that can join and be part of his global mission work. You have the ample opportunity to right now, today, go be obedient to this scripture at 4 o'clock, Gospel to Every Home. You have the ample opportunity this afternoon to speak to a neighbor. You have ample opportunity tomorrow at your lunch break to talk to that person you work with and bring up the conversation, a spiritual conversation with them to get to the gospel. But brother, sister, maybe the most important thing you need to do today is to pray for the Lord to change your heart, to give it compassion, to give you compassion for the lost, to give you the energy and the joy for evangelism. Ultimately, maybe you need to ask and answer this question. This week, I'm going to share the gospel with this person. Who is that person? I encourage you to pray and be obedient and be a worker in the harvest as God will use you to plant seeds, harvest the gospel in people's lives. So just close your eyes for a moment and ask the Lord, who is that person I need to go to with the gospel? Or maybe for just a moment you need to pray and say, God, change my heart. Help me to have compassion for those who are lost around me. Or maybe today you would be overwhelmed and you're here by guest or you've tuned in from online seeking Christianity. I pray that you are overwhelmed by a God who even though you're far from him sent his son to die on the cross that by faith in him you could be saved. Maybe today you need to pray for the Lord of the harvest to save your heart. I'll be out near the next steps desk. You need to pull me aside to talk about salvation or baptism or someone I can pray for that you're going to share the gospel. Let's be obedient to Christ and his word today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for the reminder of your word that we have a mission to be part of. So God, change our hearts. Help us to be part of the mission. Point us to the people. Give us opportunity. Help us to be faithful. Lord, help us to be the miracle of the harvest that God is calling out people all over the globe to be part of his forever family. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and make this commitment to God that wherever he sends us, we'll go.
You may be seated. Hope that's your prayer, that you truly sing that uh, to the Lord and meant those words. A couple quick announcements. Uh, we're about to take our offering, so if you want to prepare for that. Uh, just a couple announcements before you uh, before we go. Guests, glad you're here today. Hope you felt welcome, and uh, here at Hebrew Baptist Church, we take pride in welcoming people, and if you this is your first time, make sure you take that Connect card to someone at the Next Steps desk. It's through the double doors to the immediate left. Your first time here, you get a gift, uh, but this is our way really to connect with you, how we might serve you and get to know you better. So we're glad that you're here. Again, as Afra mentioned, the Gospel to Every Home is at 4 o'clock today. If you've never been, we promise you we won't put you out there by yourself. We'll put you with a veteran, and we'll make sure that you know how to do it. And we need, uh, the, uh, need the people to do it. If we can have enough people, I think as we said last week, we had enough teams today. We might be able to finish every house south of 275 this today. So uh, it's today and not next week. So please come today for gospel at every home. Again, trunk or treat, as Alan mentioned earlier, uh, uh, we encourage you, please, we need trunks. We've already got a large amount signed up, but we need more. If you want, if you as a life group want to do another one, or if you, if you know someone, uh, if you want to do one, please, even if you're just a, a tender here, we'd love for you to do it. Uh, we'll probably have 500, 600 people show up for this, so we need more trunks. So we hope that you'll do that. And as I said, you can be super creative and get voted for the best trunk and receive a Chick-fil-A gift card or whatever we give away. I don't know what we give away. Kroger or something, I don't know. Or you can just be like me and throw a mum in the trunk and be done with it. Uh, we're handing out uh, candy and that's all that matters. So we hope that you will come and uh, be part of that here in a few weeks. Sign up as you leave today. Also something to sign up for and to help out with is our coats for kids. We've been doing this for I don't know how long, decades probably, uh, and we're, we uh, go to the local schools and the family resource person there gives us a list of sizes of families and kids that their families uh, can't afford coats for winter. And so we know winters can be cold around here. And so outside there's a wooden tree with paper leaves on them. Pick one of those leaves or two of those leaves and purchase the coat that matches the side, size Excuse me, and bring it back on October 30th, I think is what she said today. So October 30th, uh, we need to have those back and we will get them to the schools. Now, please, 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 when you take a leaf, mark down on the paper out there that you've taken a leaf and the number so we can track. Because what happens if it comes to the date and we don't have the, the coat, then we can go buy the coat. You know, if you've left it on your car floor and you forgot about it, then we can still get that coat later. But we need to know so we can keep track of all the sizes, okay? So you do that for me, go get a leaf, maybe two, whatever, but make sure you write that down before you leave today. And then you bring that coat back. If you would just like to donate money towards that, Kay is not here today, but you can give that money to Shirley Clayton, wave, wave your hand, or Elizabeth Kinman. That's what she told me. I don't know if y'all know that or not. That's what Kay told me to say in a text this morning. So you've been voluntold just now. Give the money to them, and they will 
the WMU will buy those coats. And then finally, you, we uh, handed out the deacon nomination and pa lay pastor nominations at the beginning of the service. You've been praying and thinking about it for two weeks. So I've got mine filled out. We need to have you those filled out in the next couple of minutes. And then where are we dropping these? That decision's not been made. Okay. Hand them to a deacon at a door. Okay? That's all my announcements. And now it's time for our, our uh, offering. Uh, we are so grateful. I just was reading about all the work that our disaster relief teams have done, both in western Kentucky and eastern Kentucky. And all of our proceeds that we get here at the church portions of that go to the cooperative program that support disaster relief in our state and other states and so we're thankful that we can give to the lord's work because it multiplies uh, through that so we're thankful that we have a chance to worship through giving today if a if a member does not have one you can slip up your hand and we'll make sure to get one during the offering so you can turn that in as we give, let us pray to the Lord as we give. Heavenly Father, thank you so much as we give this morning. That we're thankful for all the provisions that we get. We pray that we have generous hearts and we sacrificially give for the sake of others and so that the gospel may be proclaimed throughout the earth. So Lord, we pray that you would multiply the gifts as we know you are the giver. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
him wherever you lead, wherever he leads as you go. You're dismissed. Yeah.